five, four, three, two, one. Hey folks, welcome to Above the Board. My name is Jeremy. I'm Bradley. And today we have a special guest, our good friend, Haley. Haley, um, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thanks, Bradley. It's good to be here. I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Um, I'm happy we finally actually, have someone listeners... other than Jeremy. Yeah, true. Uh, what's interesting though is that the listeners have heard your name a few times. We've we've talked about you a couple of times mm-hmm. uh, as the friend. We've named you. Um, yep. Yeah. So it's. I'm sure they're pretty excited to hear uh, all of your great insight that you have. Oh yes. man, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Don't don't fuck this up, Haley. Uh, <laughs> so on our actually, I believe. Go ahead. Well, before we go, like I believe one of our first ones, if not the first one, uh, we talked about the uh, your quote that you sort of inspired the very first episode. Do you remember what that quote was, Haley? No. <laughs> Bradley does. Yes, a uh, imperfect something is better than a perfect nothing. Yeah. All right. That's not actually a quote that I made up, and y'all's. Oh, we know that. It. But it's well, a done something is better than a perfect nothing. Well, but, I, like... I think we made it better. <laughs> hey, just even trying the quote is making the quote a thing. So there you That's go. That's true. We... Interesting. Yeah. An imperfect quote is you better than a better. You know who actually said oh, it? Oh, I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> the joke's done. The bit is over. <laughs> yeah. Do you know who actually said that, Haley? Um, no. I. It's a YouTuber. It's a YouTuber merch. Oh, mm. nice. Nice. I tried looking it up, and do you I want to throw out it. that YouTuber, or we're not doing that? What? <laughs> do you want to throw out the name of that YouTuber, or are we not doing that? Um, I have to. I don't know what her name is. Um, I know oh, what her channel goodness. is, but I don't know what her name is. Yeah, what's the channel? Uh, it's Catherine from Do It on a Dime. Very nice. Well, Catherine, do it on a dime. Thank you. You started this podcast. Yeah. Here's here's two nickels. So speaking of uh, two nickels, uh, did you guys? <laughs> uh, I have been following, due to my my job, the nature of my job, I've been following the news closely all day. Did you mm. see that they got Justin fucking Timberlake to perform at the Celebrate America or whatever at the inauguration? I did not. I did see that J Lo performed mm-hmm. on the stage. I think Lady Gaga was there as well. I heard. And agreed, yes. Uh, or not agreed. I mean, yeah, it happened. Uh uh John Bon Jovi was there, Foo Fighters were there, Tom Hanks was there. So Well, I mean De Niro was probably there. <laughs> De Niro. Uh <laughs> so yeah, no, I was watching that closely, just waiting for a shoe to drop and luckily uh nothing happened as of recording, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Nothing happened that I saw. So that's good. I mean, peaceful transition. We're happy about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, go democracy. Um, yeah, that's yeah, definitely a cool thing. Uh, you know, happens every four to eight years. It's kind of neat. <laughs> ideally. Uh, so anyways. <laughs> ideally. Anyways, uh, Haley, on our... I but that's not what this podcast is. No, this, so Haley, on our first podcast, our first recording, 
I think it was our first recording. Uh, me and Jeremy, we both kind of did like a quick like overview, I guess, of like what we've been doing creatively, um, as well as just kind of like a brief overview of what we prefer to do creatively, what our passions are, what our creative pursuits are. So I'm going to pose the same question to you. What have you been doing lately that's been creative? And what do you like to do? What do you like uh, to create? Ah, uh, good question. Um, I I do lots of things creatively. Um, I tend to start a lot of projects. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to dabble. I like to try things, which is how I end up with a literal craft room full of just partly started things. Uh, I've tried wood burning. I've Ooh. tried painting. I've tried uh, acrylic pouring. If you've not tried that one, that one's a good time. And the only what reason is... I'm not doing that now is because it's winter. What is acrylic pouring? Uh, it's I don't know if take, I... Like I... you take a, uh, um, a paint thinning medium, uh, mm-hmm. put it, mix it with acrylic paint, and you just literally pour it. So you'll pour different paints together and then you pour it on type of like glass or oh. some other, you know, canvas or something. And you get really cool just designs from gravity doing her thing. And it, That's it's cool. a good time. It kind of reminds me of the arts and crafts that uh, we used to do in uh, Vacation Bible School. Did you ever do those? Uh, we did lots of things, mostly just, you know, coloring (laughs) (laughs) maybe my maybe my church wasn't so bad after all (laughs) maybe not i had a lot of fun i love vbs that was like my favorite part of the uh the year anyways what have you been doing lately have you just been well well before you get into that i'm curious so Haley, you you do a lot of different things Mm -hmm. you know i've known you for quite a while i've seen all these things what draws you to do these things to pick up these different activities uh, what keeps bringing you back to different ones? And ultimately, why do you put them down? Um, I get drawn to creative things. Um, I, I guess I need a creative outlet, and so I will do something. Uh, but I'm a big on, like, if I see somebody something and it looks like a good time, I need to try it. And I need to just see if I can do it, too, and if it is a good time. And that's how I start a lot of these things. Um, it's just from the different types of media that I watch. Because I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's my turn. I want to do. I want. I want to do that too. Um, and then I ultimately will quit. Um, it kind of depends. So the acrylic pouring I stopped doing um, because if I went to the Dollar Tree one more time and bought any more glass <laughs> jars, I would probably get put on a list as a psycho or something. Um, and then some of them I... You're probably already on that list, probably. but one of us is at least. Fair. Uh, but some of them I quit. Uh, I'll get frustrated if I'm just, like, not, you know, getting it right away. Or if I try it and it's fine. Like, wood burning, I, I just... It was fine. I just didn't enjoy doing it. So I was like, all right, well, I tried this. It was okay. Uh, let's move these tools to somebody who can use them. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, like trying different things and i also will go into my creative outlet of choice which is writing hell yeah i'm here (laughs) hell yeah okay yes we brought you aboard uh one because we like talking with you and i personally have missed uh 
any sort of communication with all of my Missouri buddies, um, except uh, for Jeremy, because it's like a weekly thing. <laughs> I was thinking about you the other day, Bradley, uh, because I actually played King of Tokyo with my family. Oh, yes. <laughs> King of Tokyo. <laughs> oh, man. Did you win? Uh, no, actually, my little brother did. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he and he kept trying to put the little uh, cubes in his mouth. So definitely related. <laughs> classic. That's a classic. Uh, you move, your family move. I, I was about to say your last name, but I don't know if you want to say that. Um, I don't want to dox you. <laughs> What's well, funny though is my last name isn't their last name, so you wouldn't oh. even have given them away. <laughs> Perfect. So have you been doing a lot of writing lately? No, no, I haven't. Uh, What's funny, though, and this is probably the whole point, is the more I was thinking about this podcast, the more I'm like, man, like, the more I'm studying this, the more I'm like, I should I should really start writing mm -hmm. soon. Mm -hmm. Same so. thing for me. Same thing for me. I don't think I've written, like, a piece of prose uh, outside of just, like, outlining or world building in probably, like, three months. At least since I sent you guys the uh, last short story that I submitted to that contest mm -hmm. or whatever. Now, interesting. So the other day I was cleaning out some books and I came across a notebook of sorts, um, one that I believe each of you also have a copy of. Uh, do you guys uh -huh. even know where that's at? I do. I know exactly I do. where mine's at. I don't yeah. have it anymore. Whoa! I gave, my, I gave mine to my mom because she has wanted to start writing. So I gave it to her. Has she used it? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so, I don't know. I came to her like two so, weeks ago. I haven't oh, checked wow. back yet. So the to fill the listeners in, we we were at a bookstore at one point. We all kind of talked about writing and how we all enjoy it, and we decided to buy these three. Um, it's a, a writing prompt book, essentially. Which is that what you would call it? Just a book of writing mm -hmm. prompts. Um, yeah, something for every day. Yeah, of the year. and and we did it for what two weeks? I think we did it for. Was it even that long? Uh, it was right around two weeks, I think. Yeah, it's a little hard to keep that up every single day, but it was fun. Mm -hmm. and I had a lot of, I, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed writing. I enjoyed sharing it with you guys. I enjoyed reading what you guys wrote. It was fun. I always like the challenge of those writing prompts because I want to break them and think of, okay, you want me to write about the snow? Okay, it'll be a snowstorm, but aliens are coming. And just, <laughs> you know go completely out of left field with it i don't want my story to match other people's stories when we have the same <laughs> prompt i was actually this that reminds me I, so we'll probably touch more into it later in the podcast but i wanted to bring this up so i, I worked today i actually asked my coworker. i gave him a little rundown of what we're going to be doing what we're going to be talking about and i know he likes to cook uh like it's like i asked him one day what his big what his what his hobby was and he said cooking uh like he cooks like he smokes meats and all that kind of shit. Like I'm not super familiar with cooking, but like he was legit into it, like a legit cooker. And I asked him like, do you follow recipes or do you just kind of wing it? And he's like, exactly what you just said, Haley. He will look at the recipe or like we'll go in with the plan. And then about halfway through towards the end, he'll just say, ah, fuck it. And start winging it and put his own spin on it. Uh, so that's interesting. It's, I feel like that happens probably a lot more than people would assume would happen in most creative endeavors. 
but that's their vibe. I mean, I've been watching Timberland's masterclass and that's kind of what he talks about throughout the entire masterclass is just, you know, he calls it his bounce, how he bobs his head, how he moves to the beat and how everybody sort of has a different vibe to it. And I think mm-hmm. in every creative endeavor, you know, everybody's kind of sort of find their, um, their bounce, you know, it's, if you're cooking, you have that ability to sort of create in the moment. As Haley knows, baking, you can't do that. It's a science. You sort of have to follow along with the recipe, know a little bit about what the ingredients do, throw it in the oven, and just wait and hope. But in cooking, you can play with that. And in writing, I think it's the same thing. You can, you don't necessarily have a direction. And in a writing prompt, if it's as simple as tell me a story about snow, you have freedom to talk about whatever you want. But I do think in a writing prompt, just within the the spirit of the prompt, you kind of have to follow, at least make the snow the main portion or a character of it, not just, well, it was snowing, and then all of a sudden there's an entirely different story that it could be snowing or it could not be snowing. That really didn't matter. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, did you watch Game of Thrones? Is. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, shots fired. Fuck you, D and D. Not D and D, D and D, but D and D from the the HBO. Anyways, those guys. Go ahead, Haley. <laughs> what? I said go ahead before he rudely interrupted you. What were you gonna say? I said it depends on what the prompt is. Um, I don't have a really good example, but if it's just snow, I don't think it matters. It depends on uh, what what you're given to work with. <laughs> yeah, it's I fair. Like ones where it, you know, gives me the first sentence. I like those prompts. Or like the old school. Um, was it Reading Rainbow where they had a little segment? What happens next? Where they'd read part of the story or they'd finish the story and then they'd let these kids kind of tell. Well, what happens after this? What happens? Oh, I think that's kind of that fun. reminds me. You mentioned oh, yeah. this the other day. Or actually, maybe you didn't mention it, and you said something, and now my my mind's going there. Is I would like to create an adult pick your own adventure or choose your own adventure book. We did like talk about sex that, or what? No, just like <laughs> maybe you know, not you know, a little kid version of it. I want you know, full giant manual, manual, oh, okay. no novel. Like I want a manuscript. I uh, believe that's D and D. No. Didn't Black Mirror, wasn't Black Mirror's latest thing that sort of? I don't know. I've never seen Black Mirror. I don't know. I haven't seen Black Mirror either. Oh, well, if like you my do, mirror don't let the first episode fool you. It is not at all like the rest of the series. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> as we've gotten through that, what are we actually talking about today? Why Why did we feel the need to bring Haley in on this conversation? Because I feel like she's probably... Uh, a lot better of a co-host on this than I am. So why did we bring her in? What's the topic today, Bradley? So today our topic, we're going to be talking about the different types of writers um, between the two main types that I would I would designate. Discovery good and bad. And outliner. Oh. What? I said good and bad. Uh, no, everybody's a bad writer. Everybody's a bad writer until people start thinking they're a good writer. That's my opinion. <laughs> okay. So Discovery, sorry, I'm, I'm drinking. What are you? Are you guys drinking anything right now? I am. Haley. No, uh, not for the podcast, but I don't drink after the <laughs> clock. 
Fair enough. Uh, so what are you drinking, Jeremy? I am drinking Powerade and Revelation Stout, uh, which is by Public uh, Public House Brewing Company, which is here in Missouri, uh, in St. James, Missouri. If huh. anybody ever gets an opportunity to get a hold of it, it's a fantastic stout that's actually done all year long. Uh, highly, highly recommend it. It's a, a great place. One of these days on the way to St. Louis, uh, we're going to make a stop at this uh, brewery because I'm really curious to check it out. We drive by it every time we go to St. Louis. I feel like it's tradition now to ask what the other person is drinking. Yeah, what are you drinking? Uh, some I don't know, some gold nail. Uh, I think it's <laughs> <laughs> it's um, something like Buzz, local Buzz. I don't know, some local thing down here in uh, San Diego area. Anyways, Haley, we're talking about different types of writers, discovery and outline, uh, specifically. Uh, first, I wanted to agree on a definition between the two of us. Okay. So, I I just kind of based what basically went off of my own thoughts on the the definitions, the types, wrote it down, and then just kind of confirmed with online, um, like what different articles said, and it seemed to mostly match up. So, a discovery writer, or uh, sometimes commonly referred to as a gardener um, or explorer writer. They would be someone who quite literally uncovers the story as they're writing it. They go in with a minimal plan or idea for character or situation or plot point and just pretty much uh, lets the story almost write itself as they are um, letting the the influence of whatever writing God there is to pass through them. Does that about line up with what you would think? Absolutely, but I cannot believe you didn't use the fun term. Sheesh. I was going to save that for you. <laughs> I was going to save that for you in case you wanted to use it. So while researching this, I did find the term uh, pantser or <laughs> uh, pants writing, um, and that is when you're flying by the seat of your pants lost writing mm-hmm. and i think it's hilarious uh, i'm gonna I go like pantsing later <laughs> it's a it's a good apt description uh along those same lines a dis, um uh, sorry an outline writer would be the exact opposite right it'd be someone who uh pretty much plans out their story beginning to end with all the middle points in it um one who has a very clear goal and clear idea of characters and motivations and plot elements and world building going into the actual writing part of it. Um, does that kind of track? Uh, sure sounds like it. So, awesome. So what are, what are you, Bradley? What kind of writing <laughs> well, do you I'm, do? We're going to get there. All right, fine. We'll get uh, there when we get there. <laughs> unless you want to get there now. We can talk about it now. Oh, no. We'll pull over this car. I am going to interject here real quick, and I'm just going to throw this out. I have a feeling this is going to end up somewhere on that seesaw, like those other two words we talk about a lot uh, with RPGs. But I have a feeling it's going to end up somewhere in the middle where nobody does either one of them completely, and somewhere we find ourselves sort of in that gray area between the two. But I'm anxious to see how this turns out. By all means, go ahead. Which one are you? 
So, Jeremy, you just spoiled the whole podcast. I hope you're happy. <laughs> oh, my, oh Don't my even God. watch till the end. I spoiled it all. Uh, watch it. Just stare at your phone. <laughs> so, no, I... Okay, fuck it. Yeah, we'll go with what we what each other are. So, which one do you think I am? What you, but based off of what you know about me... Oh, Bradley, you... I already know what you are. You're a pantser. Oh, absolutely not. I've never met anybody uh. more outliner than he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, I would definitely put that self-judgment uh, on me that I am I am absolutely 100% an outliner. I'm an architect, as uh, it says. Uh, Even in I your think, prose? Yeah. Which I, I'll, I, mean, I, I will say, I, I used to be a lot more of a discovery writer, which back, back in like high school, 100%, I was discovery. Um, I I would come up with this really cool idea or moment and then just kind of go from there. Sometimes I would write leading up to that moment. Sometimes I would write from that moment onwards. Uh, and this is before I even knew the terms and like kind of what they meant and and all that stuff. But in the last couple of years, I really have found myself backing and like kind of like backing up from that and really leaning heavily on outlining, uh, which... It's an interesting... I think I have a theory as to why, but we'll talk about it later. Uh, Haley, as for you, I feel like we've had this discussion before, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're definitely, like, right in the middle, right? Like, you... Right? No. Like, you're, you're right in the middle. I can feel it. No, no. I don't know, though. She flies by the seat of her pants. Everything is in the moment. Well... Thanks, Jeremy. Haley, <laughs> no, <one, you>, <laughs> no, I he he's right. I don't plan anything in my life. Really? And nothing. Okay. My writing is absolutely like the idea of creating an outline kind of makes me start to suffocate and just like <laughs> I can't breathe anymore. No, absolutely not. Now I do want to make a quick clarification. Um, mm-hmm. so I guess maybe I should have said this during definition time, but Oh, well, it's my first podcast. Sue me. Um, that <laughs> while uh, Discovery writers, and I'm sure you notice this in high school, and Jeremy, every time you've Discovery written or whatever, um, that it, you, don't, you don't have an outline, you don't have a full plan, but you do have some idea of kind of where you want your story to go. Um, mm-hmm. But it's more of like, oh, this is what I want to happen. And then as you're progressing through the story, if it doesn't happen, well, all right, cool. We're, we're going this direction now. Let's follow the trail. Uh, but generally, people who are discovery writers still have an idea of some plot points. It's not like I'm sitting down at a computer and I have absolutely no idea what I'm writing about. That's right, kind absolutely. of interesting. Yeah, you know, I I agree. And I think that's really interesting because... It does sort of parallel another conversation that Bradley and I have had in the past uh, with RPGs, where even though there is sort of that gray area between the two, and yes, discovery writing, some could argue, and I have argued that, where yes, if you're discovery writing and you have some sort of a plot point, then you're not actually discovery writing. But it does make sense to have, I think of it like an archer. 
you have your eye on a target. You know you want to hit that target. But if a better target flies by in the middle of it, you just happen to decide, up oh, quick, sh- quick shift, and you shoot that down instead. Um, mm-hmm. it, you're still doing everything you were planning to do. It just your 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 focus shift and and I do think that that is a leeway you can give to people and still kind of be in that discovery writing zone and I did spend a little bit of time thinking about that uh because of this conversation so something that I think of with discovery writing is actually as I'm sitting here in my chair I'm looking at a map of the world so this is kind of how I I'm likening it to in my head is I can see I've got a full picture of the world And I can see, let's say I'm in the United States, I'm up here, North America, and I want to get to South America. So I know my characters, they're going to go from North America, and they're going to go down South. And I can look, I can be like, oh, yes, I I could have my characters walk down Mexico, and, you know, maybe get a train, car, whatever, and somehow we're going to end there. Or, alternatively, we could take a ship, next thing I know, we're sailing to South America. So I know we're here, I want to get here, in the middle Mm -hmm. part. Uh, so I've heard a lot about, after I've started researching this, that that's the thing with discovery writers, is act two, you you can't, you don't know what's happening in the middle of the book. You can't even fathom a guess at what's mm-hmm. going to happen in the middle. Um, and that might be a way to tell if you are a discovery writer. <laughs> if you think about yeah. your story and you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen in the middle. Yeah, actually, I was thinking about this um even though I, I am a self-proclaimed architect writer, um, it's almost the exact opposite for me when it comes to like the micro points, like from chapter to chapter, if I'm outlining, I'll have an idea of how I want the chapter to start, how I want the chapter to end. And then maybe like specific points here and there throughout, like in the middle, but how they get from point A to point B or point B to point C, like I, sometimes I, I don't plot that out and I don't plan it out. And I just let the, the story go from that point to that point. Um, so it's almost like the opposite where, like you're saying with discovery, you're, you're starting in your endpoints might not be, or you might have those mapped out, but how you get there isn't how I get there is, but sometimes between it, it's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something that I discover along the way. So when you so. have that like joy of writing feeling that like really excited, that momentum when you're really into your story and you're just going, does that happen mm-hmm. for you as you're writing or as you're outlining? Uh, I think, hmm, probably both. Uh, I, there's definite times where like I'm just in a general creative mood and I can go with writing or I can go with outlining. Either one would, would satisfy me. But then there's also times where uh, I definitely am like, I want to do a six hour bender on fucking world building. I want to discover a new magic system or whatever. Uh, and then there's times where I'm just like, I want to write this really awesome, cool scene that I've had in my head for months now. I just want to get it out. I want to get it out of my head onto paper and just, just actual write prose. So it depends. It sure sounds like you might be in the middle actually. Oh no, I, I was, well, I think you're spoiling it, it though. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it. But like I said in the beginning, I think everybody to some degree is somewhat in the middle. I think that yeah. throughout the writing process, you can evolve and you can kind of lean one way or the other. You know, I think like for me, when I write prose and I do write, I just don't do it very often. But in my time when I write, I tend to just sit at the computer and just write. 
and whatever is in my mind, I write it. And then I have a really hard time where because I am structured, now granted, I should probably go down an outline because I don't like, when I write, I want to write it from beginning to end. I can't, I have a hard time writing the middle and then going back and adding to it. Uh, and that's, that's probably laziness more than anything, to be honest with you. Um, it, it's probably a lot like Haley's uh, crafting. <laughs> just I, I kind of just, eh, whatever. I wrote that down. I'm good. I can move on That was actually now. a question I was going to ask later if Bradley, who is more of that outliner, if he does always write linearly or if because he's got an outline and he knows what's going to happen in the middle, if he does skip around. So like me, I could never skip and do the middle first. Or even the end first, because what's going to happen is I'm going to write the beginning, and they're going to go where they go, and it's going to change. <laughs> and so I can't just does, have an end. Does that evolve, though? Is it possible, if you really wanted to, is it possible to stop and say, okay, where do I want to go? Is that a possibility for you, or are you just, hell no, I'm, I'm going to just write whatever the hell comes up? I mean... Yeah, you've got a little bit of a plan. Um, you do have some different plot points you want to hit at. You want a nice cadence to your story. You know, you need your your build up and your resolution. And I've been listening to some master classes, and you know, you're making your promises to your reader that you have to, you know, go and actually solve this. And mm -hmm. you you want your conflict, and so you do have your ideas. So it's not like you're sitting there and you're like, oh yeah. But if you're sitting there and you're like, I'm going to kill off this character, should mention <laughs> that if I'm writing stuff, it's usually kind of twisted. Uh, Stephen King is my favorite author. Um, but so if, if you're writing and you're like, oh, I'm definitely going to kill this person. And then, you know, it turns out, oh, hey, this would actually make more sense with the story and the emotion of the characters at this point for them to live. Or, you know, all of a sudden they, you know, make a getaway or something. So you're just able to pivot, I think, a little bit more than if you have something really strict. Uh, and I would not be able to bounce around uh, because you don't want it to be forced. Because then it'll seem like you're really trying to like pigeon yourself in that ending that you wrote the first time. And it might not have a Interesting. good flow. Speaking so, of being pigeoned. Go oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeremy. No, go ahead. You. Well, I was going to move on to another topic. No, do it. So if you have something you wanted to... Well, just no? the the phrasing there I thought was interesting was that if you feel forced, is that the reason why you don't uh, why you don't outline to begin with because it feels uh, constricting? I don't outline to begin with because it feels like homework. It feels <laughs> tedious and monotonous, and it takes all of the fun out of it. And if you're That's not going to have any fun in your creative activity stop and go i don't know stare at a wall i guess <laughs> so i i would throw this out there just because listeners who have listened to us for a little bit now i mean we're only on episode what three or four uh the first episode we did kind of talk about this or the second episode i can't even remember at this point but we talked about the three steps of creativity and being uh, practice play and producing and while writing typically is producing, uh, I think to some degree to enhance your craft, doing writing prompts, maybe outlining a little bit in order to enhance it. Maybe not for your end project, 
But would you say that it could still be a useful tool for a writer who maybe uh, really is kind of that pantsing writer? They just willy-nilly, whatever. Would you say it could be a useful tool for them to sit down and maybe outline a little bit um, as a practice tool? Not necessarily for their novel, but just for practice. As a practice tool, sure. As somebody who's getting into writing, that it is a good practice idea. Um, and while I say that it's not fun for me and I wouldn't do it, it's not fun for me and I won't do it. Um, <laughs> but I think the idea of practice doesn't have, like, practice can be fun. Practice can be enjoyable. And if I'm, you know, sitting down and maybe I'm doing a prompt that's a little bit stricter or if I'm trying to write in, you know, a different kind of writing style or different, like, perspective, like there's different ways to practice besides just just sucking out my soul with an outline, and maybe that's dramatic, but I I truly well, truly I will say this. don't like it. I will say this for for me when I'm outlining, I look at it from from two lenses, right? I look at it from either the lens of world building, and like which some people would argue that that's not outlining. Whatever, go fuck yourself. It is for me at least. Uh, it is uh, so yeah like I'll do it to get a very clear idea of the world or the characters or the plot uh, that I'm trying to uh, uh, implement into the story that's one lens I look at it through which I love world building world building it's very quickly getting to the point where I'm almost enjoying it more than actually writing which might not be the best thing for an aspiring author (laughs) Um, I feel like you're taking that so, architecture thing a little bit too seriously. I know he it's is the architect. Uh, I am the architect. Isn't that the the villain in Matrix Two or whatever? It, it, well, Anyways. the Matrix says you know the whole trilogy. Well, quadrilogy now. Well, but in Matrix. But now I would argue that Smith is the main protagonist of all of the Matrix. The antagonist, yeah, he is. Anyways, but. Anyway, anyways, the other lens, we, we, <laughs> Matrix will be our next topic. Uh, the the other lens I view outlining through is uh, the lens of just keeping it all straight in my head because I have so many ideas um, that I think are really cool that I want to be able to pepper into the story, like cool moments or cool scenes or cool like uh, interactions or dialogue moments, and so I will, I'll do a loose like structure outline um, chapter by chapter with those cool beats that I want to hit. And like I said earlier, I will discover how my characters or my plot gets from that point A to the point B. Um, So I could definitely see why some people would not enjoy it, but I have a lot of fun doing that as well because it ensures that I have a roadmap to follow when I'm writing. So I don't get lost and forget like, oh yeah, I was going to have character A and character B have this really cool moment. uh, And now I don't want to have to go and rewrite the whole damn thing because I missed it. Now I can just reference my outline. Oh yeah, this would be a good point. How do I get there naturally? Pretty much. That is something that I I read that when you're pantsing or discovery writing, uh, you have to really also love to edit because there will be a lot more edits in your story that you have to Ah. I fucking hate editing. So it makes sense. I don't like reading my own stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. What your does that sucks. say about your stuff, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a lazy writer. That's all. 
uh, it's more or less, I just put it out there. But, I, you know, listening to you, Bradley, and listening to you, Haley, it kind of cracks me up because, you know, this this podcast is, it's about the creative the creative pursuit. But mm-hmm. yet, there's been an underlying topic of gaming throughout each one. And all three of us game. Uh, for those of you, we didn't talk about this in the intro, but... If you've listened to a couple of episodes, you know Haley and I game together a lot. Bradley has been a part of those gaming groups. Uh, we've done a lot of things. But I wanted to – Haley, you've done two RPGs with us. Uh, well, three of them, but you've you've ran two of them as a game master. And what I'm curious about from the aspect of uh, these two dichotomies – when you were preparing for those games, were you an outliner or were you a pantser? Okay, see what's funny is I did not enjoy the experience of being that game master because I was trying to outline. There's one night in mm. particular I rem- remember laying on my couch, frustrated as all get out, an empty notebook just like sitting next to me and I have nothing. And I had nothing the whole time. I was stressed for weeks trying to prepare for it, thinking that I'm doing something wrong because everybody mm. else is able to, you know, create these things and be prepared in the moment. And I can't seem to do it. And I'm like, I know I'm a creative person. I'm thinking of stories all the time. Why can't I think of anything? And I think it's because I was trying to pigeonhole myself into something that doesn't get my creative juices flowing. It just doesn't work for me. And that's Speaking okay. of pigeonholes. Speak, speaking of pigeonholes, I got it that time. I got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we can go into the... Um, let's go into the pros and cons of each. Did you write any pros and cons down, Haley, of uh, the two different types of writing? Uh, mostly just that uh, it, it requires a lot more editing. Um, the pros are all a little bit more subjective. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I mean, this is... Our second like title for this podcast might as well just be two subjective fucks go about it. <laughs> so <laughs> I like that fits right in. Um, <laughs> so I wrote down some pros and cons of each and I guess I can, we can bounce them off each other, see what each other think. Um, and Jeremy, feel free to chime in. Oh, I will. <laughs> uh, good. <laughs> so speaking of pigeonholes, um, I wrote one of the pros of, uh, discovery writing or pantsing writing or whatever um, that you can really just start and just start creating and writing without needing a super clear structured idea of where you're going um, which as you say like completely negates the whole feeling or fear of being pigeonholed um, would you agree that I mean that's pretty obvious right yeah yeah <laughs> Pretty pretty obvious, but yeah. So because of that, that also discovery writing also lends itself more to um, an authentic uh, or like organic progression of uh, character, story, world, whatever it be, um, as it's a genuine like reactionary process as you're writing, right? Yes, Uh, I think with that, and this might be something you already have. um, It lends itself to your characters it being very a character-led story because they get to decide Mm -hmm. the fate of their own story. Absolutely, yeah. Which, I mean, so this is an example. Um, Game of Thrones, right? Which, uh, have you guys watched (laughs) it? I don't remember if you've watched it. 
I feel like yeah, we've finished it. Yeah, so super character driven, right? And for the most part, really good characters. Uh, but then you know, everything happened at the end, which that's that is that is like a textbook example of a bad bad architect in writing. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just so ironic and kind of funny and sad that Martin is like seen as Martin along with um King, I would say, are like those are the two most like iconic discovery writers out there. Uh and the fact that Martin he I mean, even he had basic ideas of where he wanted the story to go. He told um I don't remember their names, I just remember the acronym that Reddit uses, uh D and D. Uh he told them, the show producers, like, you know, the basic idea of where he wanted the story to go. And they I feel like they they had their own like twists on it that they wanted to do and they they pit they literally pigeonholed themselves into that shitty shitty ending yeah but it's it's a difference too between writing for the pleasure of writing and putting out a series and having that novel series to your name versus writing to sell ads and then at the end of the day when people write for for tv i think they write to get viewers to keep coming back it's a different kind of writing you know, I, sure. I I just think it's a completely different experience. Um, and I'm almost finished with the first Game of Thrones. I've been listening to it, and I'm almost finished with it. And, you know, it's... Uh, I don't know. It, it's okay. It's it's decent. Martin is very long-winded. Uh, yeah, which, I, yeah. I, I've got a lot of opinions about him, but I'm, I will leave those to a different podcast. We'll do a Game of Thrones podcast another time. <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, do you want to talk about the cons of discovery writing, or do you want to switch over to the the pro, the pros of um, being an architect writer? Uh, let's do the cons of uh, discovery writing. Awesome. So I wrote down that um, being a discovery writer, the possibility of getting stuck uh, or unsure of how to like solve plot points um, or kind of like diverting like your meandering threads uh it's higher right because it is all reactionary um and like in the moment response writing uh i i you mentioned i want to say the second episode jeremy uh i mentioned briefly um we talked about like the different types of writer's block and one of them is procedural um like a procedural block where you don't know how to proceed the story because you've accidentally written yourself into a corner yes what do you think is that is that fair to say Haley, as our resident discovery writer <laughs> discovery yeah. pantser i i do think that's fair um and actually something that i was just thinking about that is a pretty big con that i have not unfortunately had to deal with yet one day i, will. I think that'd be fortunately uh no fortunately i haven't had to deal with it no this is right? an unfortunate one because i'm changing the topic uh this oh. one is about uh <laughs> When you are a discovery writer, but you are getting published, your the people publishing mm. your book want some kind of synopsis. They want to know, hey, what are we paying for? And mm-hmm. if you are a discovery writer, that makes it a little hard because you might be like, I don't, I don't actually know. There's this guy. He's a wizard. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's got a dog. Right. But like, yep. this this is all I got for you. Do you still want to pay me? Like, I could see that being a little bit harder if you don't, you know, have a big name already. 
But again, that's, that's an unfortunate. I don't know that yet. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. I, I do think though, and that's one of the things when you when you're getting paid and you're getting these upfront costs, there's a professionalism involved, and mm-hmm. there is an expectation. When you're writing for the fun of writing and you're just saying, fuck it, let me just do what I want to do, you have the freedom to write however you want. I think, Bradley, when you talked, you spoke earlier about world building, world building inherently for an RPG needs to have some sort of traction. You need to have some sort of place you want your characters to go, and they're sort of doing the discovery writing in the playthrough. Is that fair to say? Yeah, sure. I will. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, but I, I generally, I do a lot of world building for my writing, not necessarily for RPGs. Not anymore, at least. I when I ran a game or played at a game, I definitely world built more there. But yeah, so when you're, I think when you're doing a discovery writing, you know, pros and cons there are, as you point pointed out, you have freedom. Freedom is, I, I think, inherently what what discovery writers are really looking for is they want the freedom to write at their pace, to write what they want, to write, like you said, Haley, just sort of wherever the story kind of takes you. I don't think the characters are taking you there. I, I get it. I understand what you're saying, but it's you taking the characters there. It's how you feel doing it. That's not necessarily what the readers want. And I think Game of Thrones is a great example of a difference between the readers of Game of Thrones versus the watchers of Game of Thrones. The directors and writers of the television series obviously had a different direction they wanted to go from Martin's viewpoint. And they also had the constraints, so they also had that that upper echelon of HBO saying, okay, well, we need this done by this time. So there was constraints about that kind of forced them. And I do wonder if they didn't have those constraints, if they were allowed to, say, make a movie well, where I they think, had kind of a – go ahead. I think the showrunners were like – I think I don't think there's much, if any, constraints put on them by HBO as a studio because then they take like an extra year off and they were offered – I think like a full 10 season – like the last two seasons were offered to be full 10-episode seasons and they turned that down think yeah but I, I still think there was constraints Which, about that i mean I, even I, think about this like that's Haley, sort of you said about <laughs> yeah but, but but i think it's the constraints that cause just trying that to protect you from tension. the online mob they'll be like actually yeah all three of our listeners <laughs> we had <Actually>. 600 <laughs> anyways <laughs> uh, anyways i this is kind of interesting um we'll go into the the pros and cons of oh wait i've got um, another con Okay, go for it. Uh, another con I could see of discovery writing is you could be very influenced by your own personal day. So if I'm sitting down to write mm. and I've had just a shitty day and I'm just over it, like I could see my writing just being terrible or maybe just being a little bit more mean to my characters or just taking it out mm-hmm. on this, you know, the story if I don't have something you know, some kind of more clear expectation. I mean, if I'm in that bad that. mood, I couldn't see sitting down and being creative, but I could see it happening if it were just like, you know, just a, maybe just an okay day and you want something more exciting to happen and you're just kind of messing with the plot that way. 
So, so you're the, saying that Martin had just like a bunch of really bad days continuing <laughs> yeah, with Game yeah, of Thrones. That's what I'm saying. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> so so I'm what I'm hearing there is that as a discovery writer, if you have a bad day, the end may be different versus a person who uh is an outliner, the end's not gonna change, but having a bad day still could influence how they get to the end. Yeah, I'm just like maybe the tone could shift a little bit more than if you already had a plan set in place and so you knew where you were going to go with it. Yeah. Or maybe it's not a bad day. Maybe you're having a bad six months. Cause yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Lord I understand knows that. he ain't writing a whole book in a day. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen King doesn't want three. So. Well, he's an outlier, I think. Uh, so He writes I... on Christmas, too, though. So. True, yeah. I wanted to give like, a really him. good example... <laughs> Don't be mean to King. Um, I had a really good example that I wanted to share, or at least talk about. I'm going to share with the class uh, that I wanted to talk about for discovery writing. And like, it's when I think about it, I always go back to this specific um, situation. Are you guys familiar with the term the Miranese knot? Nope. Okay, uh, Jeremy. So, um, George R. R. Martin, I think, has even referred to it as this, going back to the Game of Thrones. How did this turn into the Game of Thrones podcast? I don't know. Uh, it's not even relevant anymore. We can't even bank on that like <laughs> as, as like a, a draw. Um, so he's gone on record saying, um, without going too much into spoilers, in the later books, one of the main characters, um, they get stuck in a city. Um partly due to their own choices and partly due to Martin straight up not knowing how to get them out of the city that works with the plot and the promises that he set up and all of this just kind of melding into this shitty, like literal knot in his writing that he could not unravel. And um, if you were to go and look at like the publishing dates uh, between I think the third and fourth and then fifth book, like it just jumps up like a crazy amount, like 10 years or something crazy like that. Um, and that's because he was trying to figure it out. Like he could not figure it out. And like, we're still waiting on the sixth book, uh, which still hasn't resolved that issue from the fifth book, from the fourth book and from the third book. So the Miranese not is literally a thing that he's referenced himself. Right. And that I think a hundred percent stems from the fact that he just got i don't i mean i don't know him i don't know the situation i think it 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 seems like a textbook example of discovery writing gone bad in my mind of like he got he got his character to this point but he had no exit strategy to get to that character to the next point um and uh i i don't know i i think it's very interesting and i think jeremy if you keep uh with the books you'll probably know what i'm talking about once you get to it cuz it drags dude um i'm interested yeah, it's uh, yeah. Now though, um, I want to say I don't remember which which season was it when they had um, Pod uh, Patrick Payne. He had like the prostitutes or whatever, uh, and like they like didn't take his money or whatever because like, he was so like, godly or whatever at the at the sex. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you remember uh, that? Was it season five? I think so. It sounds about right. Uh, this is an interesting point. Um, I, th- I think maybe I'm mis- I might be misremembering it, but I'm pretty sure in the actual show, uh, one of the characters, I think Braun was like, oh, he did the Miranese knot or something. So like it was a, it was a jab at that like real life issue that Martin was having. 
and the writers just made it a fucking a, a throwaway joke, which I think is very uh, symbolic. Is that a word? Symbolic of the issues with that show, <laughs> um, in my mind. But yeah, that's discover writing. Pros and cons. <laughs> Moving on to. Uh, do you tend to write longhand or do you type it? Hmm. Good question. Uh, if you'd asked me that, like maybe a year, year and a half ago, I would have said I prefer to write like longhand, um, pen and paper. But lately, I've really been embracing the typing game. Um, I just, when I think about the fucking horribleness it would be uh, to have to write, to, to write, fill up notebook upon notebook and paper upon paper, and then slowly have to type that out, fuck that. Mm. <laughs> that sounds I mean, you horrible pay to me. somebody to do that. Well, awful. but then I'm going to have to send out like a shitty, like handwritten draft. I'm not going to do that. No one's going to take that seriously. Again, you pay somebody to type it. Or I could just type it now. Type it from the True. get-go. But it does depend on, you know, what your creative flow is. I know for me, I I don't write because my hand cramps and my handwriting is messy. Well, I write a journal. Because you're old as fuck. Yeah, my hand's cramped all my life. Hey, I just, bad pencil. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're, well, we're riding that scooter for till the end. I know we got that yep. in the last podcast, <laughs> which <laughs> so, the world is never going to hear now because you. You're no, they will. It's the last one. I just put it up today. Okay. Um. So as Haley, we're recording this, there's a new one that came up. Um, Do you long form, longhand? What is it? Uh, I, I will occasionally longhand a couple of like just thoughts, but uh, typically I I type out. Uh, I actually did something interesting. So um, mm-hmm. I haven't had a computer for a long time. This is actually Jeremy's computer. Maybe he gave it to me. Um, you know, <laughs> we don't know yet. Yours. Well, I mean, you said this microphone that I've named already is not mine, hey, but he's mine. You can't name mine microphone. Um, What's the microphone's name? I want to know. Is it Mike? <laughs> Better be fucking Yeti. It's spaghetti, obviously. <laughs> Blue spaghetti. Yeah. I hate you. Um. <laughs> And so this this is a pro tip for, you know, your two followers here. Just kidding. You're going to have at God least damn. six followers after I'm on this. You're one of them. <laughs> You're true. burying the podcast you're a guest on. <laughs> it's you and Bradley's mom. <laughs> um, but I actually bought. So the idea, and even before when I did have a computer, and even now when I do, uh, the sitting in front of a computer is a little overwhelming for me. It, that idea of sitting down to write is a little bit mm-hmm. just it's it's a lot and so sometimes that can kind of stifle some of my creativity uh but i purchased uh i think it was last year during quarantine a uh little just keyboard that i could connect Ooh. to my phone yes so mm. i actually just type and then it goes into my phone notes and because i have my phone on me constantly it's like being at my phone doesn't intimidate me. It doesn't give me these like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this is it. I'm sitting down to write vibes. Yeah. And so I can just type away. Do, 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 and then There's no finality in it. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah, I did the same exact thing uh, before I bought my current laptop, Haley. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. It's It changes your life almost, right? Yeah. And it's so easy to take with you anywhere. <laughs> those <laughs> are not big. I- I have an Apple Bluetooth keyboard that I used to use with my iPad, and I can use it with my phone. And I did like that quite a bit. Uh, something I, like, I do find. 
I like how you you threw in Apple and iPad in the same sentence. Like, yeah, I have an Apple. Hey. I have an iPad. Yeah, I'm I'm all I'm all in on Apple. But anyway, with something I found with typing versus a longhand, I backspace like crazy. And I had talked to my cousin about this, and I don't know if we talked about this before, but my cousin went to school for editing and broadcasting. Mm -hmm. So when I was in college and I was doing uh, writing classes there, I would send her my work because she loves editing. So she would edit my stuff. But we had talked about that at one time is that I am known to just, I'll write something out and when I think something is wrong, I just backspace through it. I have a hard time just continuing that writing process and I lose my flow. And I do that to my understanding, at least the best that I can remember. I think I do that with every creative aspect of my life. I second guess myself. I overthink what I'm writing. So then I delete something and then try to go and make it again. And it's kind of that same process of like when I'm writing, and I said this earlier, where I have to start at the beginning and go to the end. I have a hard time in the middle. And it reminds me of a guy years and years ago I had talked to at one of my kids' baseball games. We were talking about playing guitar, and I was you know, going through all this music theory stuff. And he just looks at me and goes, dude, I think you think too much. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I tend to overthink even the creative uh, outlets that I have. It's like my right brain and my li- left brain sort of are at odds with each other all the time. But but do you guys have that problem as well when you're typing versus writing where you go back and you're constantly editing as you go? Or are you able to just sort of allow it to happen and flow from you and then edit it later? Here's a, here's a piece of advice for creative Jeremy, though. Uh, done something is better than a perfect nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good quote. Where'd you hear that? Did you come up with that? <laughs> Hashtag oh, YouTube. Uh, Haley, you can answer that first because I've got a, a good answer. I, wanna, um, I don't want to be tainted. I'm just I don't want to flex too hard on you guys, um, <laughs> but I'm a really fabulous typer, actually. That's my skill in life. That's where I have peaked is in my typing ability. So Do you have to yes, look down at the keyboard? Absolutely not. Um, I don't even have to. Like, I can just in my own world just it's it's a gift um but so what's it while, called 10 finger form or whatever i don't know <laughs> anyway, sorry, while I'm, I, I can be typing and i have to backspace and then i just backspace and then i just retype it real quick so i don't feel like i lose my creative flow with that my problem is if i i can't think of the right word i want to use and then i go on to like thesaurus.com and then i go down in a well maybe i should use this other word rabbit hole that's where I lose uh, my data flow. Uh, I know that struggle well. I, that's something I also struggle with. Um, I have... So, um, Jeremy, to, to, to answer your question, when I first started typing, uh, <laughs> mainly writing, I did have the same issue. Where, like, I would finish a sentence or, like, a paragraph or whatever, and I go back and, like, oh, that, well, that was shit. And I, like, race half of it and like, edit pretty much paragraph or par- by paragraph or almost sentence by sentence. Um, so, I was looking on Reddit... Um, I'm pretty sure this is what it's called. There's an application called Write or Die. Um, it's free. You, da- you like literally straight up, you download it. It's literally just it's pretty serious. Yeah, it's but it doesn't allow you to backspace or edit. Like you can like until you export it out of the um like actual application, which you can export. I think. Oh wow! If I remember, if I remember correctly, you can export it to like Word or like Google Docs or 
like whatever, even as a PDF or whatever. Um, but until you export it, like you cannot edit or backspace or delete anything in the actual app. So it's it's meant to force you to get over that hump. And so I did that for oh, like, I like that. No, yeah, definitely. I I don't know anything about or much about write or die because I think I only used it for like six months or something. Um, and then I just stopped writing for like a year. Um, and so by the time I got back into it, I was like, I was pretty good about just mentally powering through that block and just getting everything out that I wanted to get out in that writing session and then editing back at a later date. Um, so yeah, look into that. Um, I don't know if I can't recommend write or die because I haven't used it in a while. So I don't know. Um, but I'm sure you can find something online, uh, to do that and to help you with that. But as far as like getting stuck into like a thesaurus rabbit hole, I do that all the fucking time, Haley. It's the worst, it, especially because I have it like as a bookmark up on my uh, like my little bookmark tab, so I can just quickly go up and tap it, and it's a horrible thing. I also do that when I'm not writing, though. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe that's your issue. <laughs> just save it. Just save it for the writing. <laughs> I've been getting better about it, uh, but yeah. So did we finish going over all the pros and cons of outlining? Did we no, not at all. There? We didn't even start it. Hey, oh, okay. Listen, I just thought I listen. <laughs> I know you're a guest on this podcast, but we go on tangents. Yeah. What I wrote down for the pros um, is honestly pretty common sense, uh, especially when you're looking at like the pros for or the cons for uh, discovery writing. It's pretty much the opposite, right? Vice versa. So for uh, outlining, you're not really going to be getting stuck at all with like procedural blocks. Um, you're going to have like a ideally a pretty clear idea of where your story is going to go and what's going to happen with all your characters, your motivations. Um, you can very quickly like structure, um, like you mentioned earlier, Haley promises that you set up in the beginning of the story or the beginning of at the of, uh, plot plot uh, elements. Um. Does that, I mean, you don't obviously do it as much as I do, but does that make sense? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think um, what I was thinking about is that it could um, increase the speed at which you write a book. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, ideally. You can, you can kind of guess how long it's going to be instead of just, uh, we'll, we'll see when we get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're, so maybe one of the big reasons I'm attracted to outline writing so much uh is it structure that that structure like you said definitely lends itself to speed it lends itself to having um a good like succinct um or like uh satisfying with like symmetry and all their promises being set up and being paid off and all that stuff it it definitely lends itself to that setup uh which is one a huge hurdle that I used to face when I first started writing is like, oh, there's one, there's so much shit I'm going to have to write. It's going to take so long and I have to make sure it's perfect and all this shit. Um, outlining takes that hurdle away from me. And now the only hurdle I really, I really have left to go over is the, uh, the discipline part, which we touched on a few podcasts ago. But that's True. just me. That that's that's my own creative flow. I'm sure someone who doesn't need outlining has um different hurdles to go through. But is it is it possible though that 
discovery writing doesn't necessarily mean less speed or more speed. Like, so you said that outlining could be, you could write faster in a way because sure. you know where you're going. So you can just sort of like direct yourself there. But is it possible that an outliner could, even though they know where the end is going to be, meander about until they get there, whereas a discovery writer might end up finishing short because they don't have a direction. So they're not forcing themselves. They're just, it, it's based on a feeling, potentially based on a feeling of, well, I just don't think the characters really want to go there. And if they're having a bad day or they're, you know, oftentimes creative people tend to be depressed. Um, if they're having an episode of depression, is it possible that they just sort of end a story earlier than where it should be simply because they don't want to write anymore? Well, I think, I mean, that kind of goes with some people would maybe liken themselves to discovery writers or even dancers um, just for lazy writing. So, yes, people have, you know, their, their obstacles they need to overcome, and maybe some of them will use that as a crutch to maybe make a terrible ending but i feel like the people who are actually writers who care about their characters in the story wouldn't just end it to end it to say it's ended faster they're just a bad writer okay <laughs> so I, you mentioned you mentioned stephen king earlier we talked about him and, ooh, and stephen! you Haley, <laughs> yeah first name basis so stephen, Haley, if you're you, listening please uh Stephen King, if you're listening, please shout us out on Twitter. Yeah. Make my yeah. social media job easier. <laughs> um, you've listened to or read On Writing by Stephen King, uh, which is actually. his. Yes. So, and I've heard you talk about it. I've heard other people talk about it. Uh, I am a fan of Stephen King. I've, I don't like his endings. Um, I've listened to a few of his books. Uh, most notably, I listened to the entire series of The Dark Tower, and I love it. I think it's fantastic, up until the part where he says, if you don't want to know the rest of this, don't listen to it. And then I listen to the rest of it. I'm like, God damn it. Um, but no, it's there is a moment in the Dark Tower series, and I would say spoiler alert, but seriously, this is like a 30-year project. And if you haven't listened to it yet or read it yet, there's no spoilers. We're past that. Uh, okay, he not writes everybody him... is as old as you are. They might not yeah. have as much time to get there. So fun. I've okay. never, I've never read it or watched it. So, you, watching it is different. And if you listen to or read through the series, you'll understand why the movie is not the same as the Gunslinger. They're different, and there's a reason behind that. I'm not going to get into that. However, at some point in the series, Stephen King writes himself into the series he has his characters meet him in the book completely breaks the fourth wall completely breaks the fourth wall so i wonder when he was writing do you think that he wrote that intentionally or do you think he was just sort of spiraling at that point and definitely just being a discovery writer and seeing what happened with the characters or do you think it was and given that you've read and listened to on writing, where do you think that fell in his mindset, who potentially could be revered as one of the greatest writers of our time? 
I think it kind of depends on what stage of life he was at because there's a lot of drugs and alcohol involved in his life and that sure sounds like something that would be aided in that way. Um, I think it was post-alcohol. But he's a very, very, very outspoken, hardcore pantser. He does not... um, Actually, I have a quote of his saved that he said about it. Hit me with that quote. Uh, Stephen King says, Outlines are the last resource of bad fiction writers who just wish to God that they were writing a master's thesis. (laughs) Shit, dude. Stephen King fucking fucking buried me. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Well, he's entitled to his opinions. Uh, I do like... uh, There was. He's a shitty writer when it comes to the endings, so, you know. Uh, Terry Pratchett... Uh, Terry Pratchett, I don't know who this author is. I've not read it, uh, anything of theirs. But I did like this quote. This is on a um, an article, uh, writingcooperative.com, uh, talking about different famous outliers, out- authors who are outliners or who are pantsers or discovery writers. And I like this one is, with discovery writers, the quote is, the first draft is just you telling yourself the story. And I really kind of feel that whenever I am discovery writing is I like that. that's who is telling, I'm telling me a story. So the first draft, like me writing it is for me. And I like that. I like that a lot, actually. I like that too. Now it makes me think, is it possible for a pantser to write that first draft, go back, read through it, and then sort of develop an outline around that? Because really, if you're, if you're rewriting from that draft, Aren't you sort of taking? Don't you kind of have an outline now? I mean, you're editing then. So I think you just. I mean, if you but, want to be like how semantics much... about it, I think yeah, sure. But I think. But how much rewriting are you doing until it's you know it goes from editing depends on to your skill level, well, right? Hmm, maybe I guess it depends on how good that first draft was too, which would depend on their skill level. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, yeah, but I, I think there are people out there that that do write and they're they're good at what they do, but it does take them a couple of drafts. I mean, you think about it the uh, the ice carver doesn't you know make a beautiful statue in one swipe. It takes multiple swipes through it. Hey, so it's not did, fair to what say. What did David Beckham do though? Did he get it with just one kick? <laughs> Jesus, he just, did he just nail it? I'm gonna edit this out, but fuck you, <laughs> fuck. You, David Beckham, is the man. So don't you ever talk shit about David Beckham on my podcast again? <laughs> yeah, uh, this is above the ladies and gentlemen. This is above the board. We love David Beckham. David David Beckham hit us up on Twitter. Um, David David Beckham <laughs> David Beckham. Uh, speaking of uh, discover writing, let's go back to outline writing. <laughs> um, so for cons, be a mess to edit. Yeah, well, your fucking fault, dude. You're the one who keeps... Good luck, Bradley. <laughs> you're the one who keeps just faffing about. Uh, for, so for I Con, didn't bring up David Beckham. Don't you blame me. Don't you fucking blame me. <laughs> we had moved past outline writing, or uh, discovery writing, and you're like, huh, I'm going to bring it back to discovery writing. <laughs> yeah, that's how we do topics here at Above the Board. Uh, I had a really good joke earlier. Podcast, uh, but then you started talking, and it, uh, I forgot it. <laughs> well, sorry, bro. Yeah. God damn it! You're railroading me again. 
so for cons, <laughs> for for the cons for outline writing, um, I really had to look at myself and look at my own writing process <laughs> to get this. <laughs> I self self reflection self reflection. So I wrote. Um, I personally, I definitely fall in the trap where I can become stuck like in another way very easily with too much planning. Um, I so um, I mentioned earlier world building with my outlining and how it's kind of quickly becoming as fun or more fun for me than actually writing prose down. Uh, I'm not understating that like I, or overstating that I, I love world building so much. I have like probably six or seven different like settings that I'm constantly like, Oh, that's a really cool piece. I'm going to write that down. I feel like we should just like get together and write a book together because I hate world building. So I'll just take your world. And Let's fucking collab, really dude. Livable characters in your land. Let's it do it. Day. Let's do it. That's that's the thing I struggle with the most. Actually, is is character building. Um, I have a very clear idea of, and that's not like a blanket statement. I there's definitely some characters that I've created um, that I love, and I can't wait to write for, or like I I can't wait to keep writing for. Um, and follow their story. But generally I do fail more with the character building and, and struggle with that because a lot of my creative juices go towards the world building, the macro rather than the micro. So yeah, let's collaborate, dude. Let's do it. Something that, uh, uh an old friend of mine and I used to do, he was a writer. Uh, he actually long handed an entire novel. Um, I don't know whatever happened to it. Uh, however, See? Wait a we, long hand. Uh, yeah, we um we did a collab where we we're just kind of like messing around with some ideas and what it would be like to write with one another. So we started writing a story, and the and the first part of it was just write a page or two and then send it to me, and then I'll write a page or two and send it back. And we started doing that, and what ended up happening was we kind of created this idea, and because it never went anywhere, we'll share the idea. But it kind of where a, a person would sort of black out or go into a, a dreamlike state and become a completely different person. And things would happen during that dreamlike blacked out state. So he wasn't really getting any sleep. And then he'd wake up the next morning. He'd be tired and, and have to go through life. And what was interesting was two people were writing those two aspects. One person was writing his day activity and one person was writing his nighttime activity. And it became very unique because they were so against each other. And and I think that's just an interesting way to collaborate. Mm-hmm. And I think going back to that podcast where we talked about the practice, play, and production, I think that's a great way to practice something. It's a great way to sort of – it's playing, but you have sort of constraints where it's like you have to write this aspect following along with what I've done – uh, kind of like the improv, yes, but, you know, or what is it? Yes, but why or whatever. Yes, and why. Yes, um, and. 
Yes, and. <laughs> yes, yes and. That's a whole lot simpler. Um, <laughs> look at me making things complex. But yeah, it's just, it, it's kind of that same same concept of yes, and in improv where you're you're crafting the skill and you know it's not going to be a novel. It's not going to produce anything. It may. Who knows? I mean, you know, it, it may end up going somewhere. But there's no outline. It's complete discovery writing. And the only structure is whatever you've sort of built so far and whatever this other person throws back at you. And it's just neat. And I, I think it's something that two, three, four, five people could do just to sort of stay active in writing and keep that uh, that mindset sharp on it. Anyway. That sounds I like, like a that. fun activity. Yeah. we'd uh, So I... I don't think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I think uh, you both know my senior year of high school, I actually took pretty much all my classes except for I took a physics class because I liked the teacher. I was bad at it. Uh, but all my classes were writing classes. And that was one of the, the uh, prompts that um, a teacher had us do is we would break off into like um, our groups or whatever on our tables. And there was like five or six of us to a table. And uh, she would time us like, I don't know, two minutes or something. And we would write down as much as we can get done, pass it to the person on our right, and they would continue that story. And then the person on our left would pass them us theirs, and we would continue their story. So yeah, it's it's a tried and true method. I really enjoy that. <laughs> I was waiting for Haley to say something. There. I was, yeah. All right, I I started reading this article, which I know I shouldn't do while somebody else is talking. Um, That's but it was it was about discovery writing, and it's also um, it was saying that some people think that it's just sloppily merrily merry go you know just it's not hard writing but that it can still be considered hard writing uh, but they also called it intuitive writing and i like mm. that term as well that's a good one intuitive in lieu of like discovery or pantsing so you mean- yeah just because yeah. you're not really like i mean you're flying by the seat of your pants sure but it's not just making things up and it's not necessarily the easier form of writing. Right. But it's being more intuitive to what's going on and how to like pivot properly and right. so your reader doesn't get lost and so your reader can experience your story. Right. And I mean going back to the whole Game of Thrones thing, I I would say that Martin is definitely more of like going off of that example an intuitive writer because he knows his characters. He knows his world. He knows a general story of what he wants to tell. He's discovering though, how his, his characters are going to interact with the world and, and how they're going to interact with each other to get to that point. Um, so like you said, yeah, he, he knows his characters. He's still letting his characters make the decisions, you know, and he's still pivoting where applicable. Um, he's intuiting. I, Thing. I, I still go back to I think there's a difference between professionalism and amateur writers, and I think it goes on either side of it. Have we argued if you're that? a discovery? Well, I, I'm not arguing. I'm just saying, like, if you're a discovery writer, a professional discovery writer still has some direction. They may sure. not know all the ins and outs. They may not know exactly what that character is going to do, but they know that character is the antagonist or the protagonist, and they know that this person's going to kind of do this. They're going to save the day somewhere down the future. They just have no idea where it's coming from or what they're going to do. And you know what? Maybe 40, 50, 100 and, 
25 pages from now, that may not happen. Something else may happen. But they do know that this is the main character. Sure. Whereas a lazy writer has no idea. They are just sitting down at the computer and they're just pounding at the keys. But I also think there is a lazy and professional writer in outlining as well. There are people that outline where they just kind of want to see, like, I know that I want to get this character through these different plot points. I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to get there. Or maybe they do. Maybe they know exactly how they're going to get there. But they do know that at the end of it, this is where they want to go because that's the story they see in their mind. But a lazy outliner may make a shorter story or a smaller, less detailed story because, well, I've outlined it, so why do I have to do anything else? I've already told the story in my outline. So I do think there is good and bad on both, and I think at the end of the day, like whether or not you put, you know exactly where it's going to end, you do know as a, as a pantser, you do know that this character is your protagonist would is that fair Haley that you would say that when you're writing you do know if you have a protagonist even as a pantser yeah yeah you know who your your characters are and that's part of the character development or just having them tell their story you have to know who they are because they're your your people you you created these people you need to give them personalities so absolutely and I have gone through and have like we'll list out character names and maybe ages and just like certain blurbs about them which i guess in a way is outlining except it usually doesn't follow or you know any sort of like i don't write down these names and these characters and then immediately start writing because it's not it's my, building structure yeah, yeah it's, it's, just, it's not it's my creative structure. process and i don't like to do it and so i'll just write a couple of names and stuff but that's mostly so as i'm in my creative flow um, I, I remember who is who. Uh, you, main con- you maintain consistency across the board. Yeah. I almost mm-hmm. feel like something that we should have mentioned in the beginning is what our authority is we even talk about writing. So, like, what have we written? What is our experience with writing? And why do people even care what we think? I've rewritten the Game of Thrones. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <Damn>. really, let's... <laughs> Well, it's a lot diggity. shorter. Uh, well, I mean, I don't think people should listen to us. I don't think we have any th- sort of authority other than the fact that we're making a podcast. Um, All right, I want to as... hold off for a second. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Above the Board Podcast. You can reach us at abovetheboardpodcast at gmail.com. We are currently sponsored by nobody. And, well, listen to us. You'll see why. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, you can show yourself out now. Uh, Nobody should listen to us. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, I, I, that's why I keep saying I'm an inspiring author. I have... Inspiring or aspiring? I, shit. <laughs> Fucked up. I'm an aspiring author. Um, <laughs> listen, okay? Um, I've been writing since I was... God, I don't know, like fucking... 10, 8, something like that. So I've been writing for over a decade, almost two at this point. Um, I was like, you're older than 20. Yeah. Almost. Barely. A little bit. (laughs) Um, I was at your 21st birthday. That's true. Man, that was a fun time. Remember when I lost my hat? Um, 
Yeah, that was the fun part of that night. So I have a lot of oh gosh, we could we could talk about that. No, we're not going to though. Um, different podcasts. Different podcasts. Uh, so I have like almost two decades of writing experience. Um, the only pieces of prose that I've finished have been short stories, um, either from like school or from my own projects, my own website, whatever it is. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to like say that I have as much experience or has much tenure in the writing business as like huge authors or even published authors or even part-time authors. Um, but I still do think that I have at least some value of experience to, to lay the groundworks for this conversation. Yeah, uh, I I remember that um, I decided I was going to be an author at a very young age. Um, I wrote a a book. Oh, was it like the Young Authors Program? I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys ever had that, but you got to write a story, and they uh, allowed you to like cover it, and you made a little book. And they got graded, and one of mine won. And Dude. I I know, and I love awesome. the experience of writing something down, and I put my story there, and people liked it. And I held <laughs> on to that. And it's been, I don't know, 25 years later, and I'm still holding on to that. I have that book somewhere <laughs> as well. You should way. revisit it and, and see if, uh, like, expand on it or something. It's Garbage. Yeah, and the, potentially we, no. plagiarized. I'm not sure. Listen, we'll we'll bring you back on the podcast, and we'll play a game of and then what happened. And then, uh, but uh, this is safe. That, like I actually though, I have been working with since like you know quarantine and everything, just different mind um, activities, mind uh, just practices with putting something into the universe. Uh, so I actually mm-hmm. don't, in my head, I don't call myself an aspiring author. I call myself an author. Uh, just wait to like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to write a book. It's not if I do, mm-hmm. it's when I do. And trying mm-hmm. to really affirm it in my brain so that it comes to fruition. Uh, although at this point, I don't have anything finished or published that is, you know, of any sort of substantial size. That's fair. You know, I just kind of dug online a little bit. So it's believed that a novel is between 50,000 and 150,000 words. Uh, I guess publishers kind of look at it that way. Mm -hmm. I've got about 25,000 words uh, that I've written, um, actually written out on the computer of some sort or another, uh, with lots of potential short stories. I've got a a novel idea. Haley, you and I have novel talked about idea. this a lot. Yeah. You and I have talked about this kind of uh, yes. dystopian I universe know and what stuff. You're and, about. Yeah. And so uh, there's been something that's been mulling in my head a lot, but it always comes back to that I really struggle with not writing point A to point B, but I don't outline. And I know that's why, you know, anybody that knows me really well would probably think right from the get-go I'd be an outliner. But when it comes to writing, I'm just not. I just, I, and it's probably laziness more than anything, if I'm being honest. Uh, however, I do think that writing for me isn't necessarily an end game. It's not something that 
I look at myself and think, man, I'm an author. I want to write a book. I want to publish a book. Yeah, it'd be nice. But but at the end of the day, I mean, I love writing in my journal. I, I really do like that. I, and occasionally, I like going back and rereading my journal. I do like to write. I find it a really great creative outlet. It's not my main creative outlet. Uh, that's for certain. And I, I don't exactly know why. I don't, you know, it's, but it is an outlet for me. Um, what I have noticed over the years is that a lot of writers that are out there and a lot of best-selling authors and whatnot, the writing is shit. I mean, let's be real. I mean, the the writing industry, the book industry has gone to shit because anybody can wow, write take. a book and put to, Go ahead. I was just saying that's a hot take. Hot take. Yeah, but I mean, like, explain that to you, Grandpa. <laughs> no, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. I just thought you wanted to interject. So you know, uh, yeah, I know what hot take is. That's that's one of the few things you say. I know what it means. Uh, so, although okay, no, actually, no, I, I do want to interject. So I think something that you were kind of alluding to is one self publishing is a much bigger thing now. Uh, people can mm-hmm. uh, self publish and actually get their book out there, um, but you can also use uh, the internet to self-publish things and in one hand yes that could put a lot more shitty content out there uh, because you don't have to be as vetted you don't have to go through all of the different rejection after rejection rejection just to get your stuff out there um, but on the other hand it does kind of open up some doors for um, I, I've been thinking about it it that insecure writer which I think uh, we kind of all are mm-hmm. is that writer who maybe stops and hesitates because we're like, well, this is garbage. I'm not going to continue. Uh, but it kind of gives you that, like, you know, let's continue. Let's make that, you know, done something to just be able to put it out there. So, well, yes, it might be crappier, um, but at least it's bringing more people into the light. Yeah, and I think that's more. So I think putting something out there is more important than, like, the fact that they're actually able to put their stuff, their their books out I think is more inspiring yeah. and impressive and important. Pardon me. What the fuck was that? It's not like a, a <laughs> monkey. It's not like a monkey like choking. Um, <laughs> I think the fact that they're able to get their their content out there is uh, more impressive to me than whether or not the quality is good because it's still inspiring to me at least. If I remember correctly, uh, Christopher Pantolini, uh, the author of Aragon, didn't he self publish? Paolini. Yeah. Uh, Paolini, whatever. No, I think his, I, I his know parents they, owned a publishing company or they had like ties to it okay. and they published. I, so, I knew there was some kind of connection and I know they traveled the country going to like libraries and stuff really pushing that book. So they mm-hmm. did a lot of self-marketing, so maybe not self-publishing. But, you know, since we're talking about writing and self-publishing, I have to throw this out there. Oh. We do have another friend who does some amateur writing. And I'm not going to go into whether or not the form of writing is good, bad, whatever. But there is a platform out there for people. There's a lot of platforms out there for people who write things. And they can sort of put it out there for the world to judge. Mm-hmm. Um, and and realistically, I mean, a lot of this tends to be adult content just because there's not a lot of publishers out there that want to print that. Um, but... There is that form of sort of self-publishing where you can find websites where you can put your 
your books or your short stories out. So the day of hoping for a publisher or a magazine, you know, Stephen King in his early days where he would, you know, write short stories and kind of put them into mag and, you know, submit them to magazines and hopefully he'd get written. Uh, Robert Heinlein, same thing. Uh, short stories back in the 40s and 50s would, would you know, submit them to magazines and hopefully somebody would, would print it. Do we still in 2021, do we still care if we're published uh, so to yes. speak, that quotation fingers yes. published. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but, oh, yeah, we do. But is it, <laughs> if why? you don't get what, published, I mean, what, you don't get money. Yeah, but but can if you publish yourself, if you spend the money to put your your book to print, do we still care if a publisher picks you up? If you is it all about making the money? Is that what validates your writing? I mean, what is I it mean, that validates you as an author? I mean, no, but I think that for me specifically, if I can get paid for writing, which is my biggest passion in life, that's going to be super important, whether it's through self-publishing or publishing with like a big, um, big publishing house, like either one, it doesn't matter, but I'm not like, I have a website, right? I have short stories on there. I have short like prose, but I'm not getting paid from that. <laughs> right. So, but they're also not getting published. So, so for you, the validation is making a living off of your writing. I yeah, I'd say so. I think that's the end goal. Is it now? Is it making the uh, that, okay? That's the end goal. Is that making the complete living off of it, or would you feel validated even just making a little bit? I just slammed my beer cup down <laughs> like I was upset. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think either one. I'd be fine with either one. If I could like split my okay. time fifty fifty between working and you know making money from books being a part time publisher like that would be super fucking awesome uh, uh as okay. would being uh, full time my life's goal for a really long time has been to be Johnny Depp in the secret window before all the crazy <laughs> shenanigans uh just chilling out in your robe in the middle of the afternoon. Writing, drinking Mountain Dew, living at your own pace. That yeah. sounds. That's it. That's where I'm gonna be. I don't even drink Mountain Dew, but I'll pick it back up. It's fine. Code Red's really good. They had a um, a Fourth of July themed one. It was really good. Anyways, so, uh, I do I do have a question. Um, so what uh, sparks your guys's uh, story? So where have you or what have you, were you doing whenever you were like, this is a great idea? So where were you when that that idea clicked? Uh, well, I can talk about the latest project I've been working on. Um, I was reading an article on Reddit about... Oh, God, I'm going to butcher it now because I don't remember. Uh, it was something about how, like, some patients uh, have, like, the different sides of their brain, like the left side and the right brain the right left side of the brain and the right side of the brain can be like disconnected. And so they can like, uh, be told to do something. Uh, but when they're like asked why they did that thing, they would like, just give like completely like bullshit, like, I don't know, answer. And then the person would be like, no, you did it because I told you to. And the person's like, no, I did it because I wanted to, or because of this other outside thing. It's so, like the disconnect between the left side and the right side of the brain. 
Uh, and this got me thinking, and now I have a uh, like a 15, 20 page <laughs> world building session of a sci-fi story. So <laughs> that's nice. what I was doing the last time. One of the last ones that I had thought of, uh, I was actually in Walmart because that is where all great things come mm-hmm. from. Hell yeah. The, the produce section of Walmart. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I do think it's interesting that uh, when you do read different um, Q&As or something, or different things where pe- authors are getting interviewed, and that's one of their things is they're like, how do you come up with stories? And I don't know about you guys, but that has never been my problem. I've yeah. got stories for days. It's mm-hmm. just it's putting them out there for everybody else to, you know, get to take a take a part of my stories or take go yeah. into them. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. For me, it's a lot of just taking the time to sit down and put it on paper. It's just like, God, I, there's so many of other, other creative outlets I have, whether it's music, writing, um, that's it. Podcasting. Uh, <laughs> painting, <laughs> podcasting, drawing. Like, it, it, you know, it, it just, you know, and when I say music, I mean, it could be anything from sitting on my computer playing, uh, you know, digital music to playing on a piano to playing guitar, like, I or singing like there are so many things like I'm constantly trying to get my voice out there uh, for me writing. I mean, the one thing that I keep going back to, I, I tend to write more political, um, that sort of thing. And, and that's the one the one piece of writing that I want to push out so badly is very much fueled by political thought process and and civil and social uh, thought process, um, not necessarily to today's world because it's been something I've been working on for good lord ten years now, uh, if not longer, actually probably fifteen years, and it's it keeps coming up, but I'm not sure exactly how to bring it together to make it a a cohesive story. So maybe in all of this time as a pantser writing this stuff. Maybe I should stop, reread it, go as an outliner, and see if I can find some glue to put these stories together. I don't know. Dual wield them for success. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, actually. That that segues really well into yeah. the final point that I wanted to make. We touched on it before. Uh, Jeremy spoiled the ending of the podcast like a little fuck. <laughs> I always is. do. Um, so I'm of the opinion that there is no such thing, or at the very ca- at the very least, it's like a very rare case that you are either one hundred percent a discovery writer or a pantser, or one hundred percent an outliner or architect. I think, as um, most recently Brandon Sanderson said in one of his uh, YouTube videos, which I'm sure other people have said it, that you know there, there's every author is a mix of the two extremes. It's a seesaw. It's a sliding scale. You take pieces and elements of each one and you find what works best for you. Um, Some people are obviously skewed more towards one end over the other. Um, I'm probably like slightly skewed towards the outline. Haley, you're probably slightly, mostly skewed towards. Yeah, it's like we're going going big skew. You're like 98% (laughs) pantser. Yeah. Um, So... I um 
I, I was I, I looked up um I was just doing some like basic research for this. Uh funny enough, not really outlining the the whole podcast. Uh I had some ideas for things that I want to talk about, but I was like, we're just gonna wing it and uh bless you. Um figure out where we're gonna go and how we're gonna get to point A to point B to point C to point Z all the way at the end. I found an article on uh medium.com that uh blew my mind and i'm saying that non-facetiously or am i i don't know uh it says three types of writers you have the architect the gardener or panzer and the command the commander which i love that name uh so Haley, i wanted to throw some of these things um at you that this um i believe her name is enkita santaka um the the author of the article she had like bullet points of what each one is or at least her thoughts on it um what defined each type of writer so i wanted to read these at you and and see what you say to them yeah just say yes or no okay read them at me read them at me (laughs) um so do you ponder upon your thoughts ponder upon my thoughts yes Okay. Um, are you a change maker and believe in planning and execution? No. Okay. This is just like a baseline, by the way. Um, are you trained for uncertainty? Am I trained for uncertainty? Yes. Yes? Okay. Um... Do you take time and choose to indulge in the process rather than the outcome? No. Well, I'm going with no. Okay. Um, do you make no excuses when it comes to training daily? You are disciplined. Are you disciplined? Nope. Okay. No hesitation there. <laughs> oh, shit. I just, I rang the fucking... I was going for my beer and then I, I hit my mic. Um, are you excited about the outcome while being patient? No. I'm excited about the outcome, but I'm not patient. Okay, so 50-50. We're going to say yeah, half yes, half no on that one. Do you yeah. nurture your work? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't either, but I like it. <laughs> Do I baby it? No. I, I, that uh, type of creative person who does the, like, that does, like, paint, where you just, like, throw paint across the room on a knife, and wherever it hits the, like, I'm a, an intense creative person. I don't nurture no. anything. Fair enough. Nurturing it is, like, do you, do you drive it forward? Do you find ways to sort of evolve it? Or are you, you just kind of throw out whatever's out there, and if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. Who cares? I throw baloney on the wall. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. I'm going to go with no to the nurturing. It uh, Your analogy tracks for who you are. Are you ready for the mystery? I'm, I'm, am I ready for the mystery? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm ready for the mystery. <laughs> All right. Do you persevere? go with no (laughs) okay 
are you okay with not completing your work unless you know that it is progressing? Am I okay with not completing my work if I what? Unless you know that it is progressing. Um, That's a really confusing one. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, am I okay with not completing my work? Sure. Yeah, I do it all the time. That's why I have so many unfinished novels. Okay. Do you... Oh, here's a good one. Are you always ready if an emergency strikes? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm satisfied. <laughs> I mostly stuck with uh, bullet points from the gardener and the commander. And it's pretty pretty much right down the middle like I thought it would be. Um, so, yeah, I would say you're definitely more of a gardener. The ones that they have for architect do not make sense with what I do. <laughs> So, 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 what kind of Powerpuff girl am I? <laughs> I think you're the uh, you're not any of the Powerpuff girls. I think you're the the doctor who made them, who, oh, threw, okay. who cool. threw shit into a pot, stirred it up, and saw what came out. It was like, okay. I mean, that sure felt like a BuzzFeed quiz. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the article's good. I I don't want anyone to think I'm shitting on the article or um, Miss uh, Santaka. Uh, it's a great article. It's it's very insightful, and I happen to agree with it. I think they're trying to pigeonhole styles of writing into just two is is a failed endeavor much like the whole we've talked about it before but the sandboxing railroading i don't think there's nothing is that cut and dry there's shades of gray and um i think everybody is at least some sort of commander when it comes to writing you have your outliers uh who definitely stick mostly to the gardener or the architect side but you know i don't know i think it's uh i think it's a good article i think go read it Make some good points. Yeah, Haley, what do you think? At the end of, in conclusion, do you think anybody is one or the other? Do you think they kind of stay in the middle? What do you think? Um, I I think that I don't think it's one or the other. Uh, mostly just for my own bias. Um, do I think that anybody is a hundred percent? No, because I don't think anybody's really a hundred percent anything. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do think you could have people who are definitely leaning more ways. Uh, something that I, I know that Jeremy's experienced, and I've mentioned this to Bradley, is that, like, with me, I, I really don't plan anything in my life. And I can remember a couple of different times, you know, sitting there with Jeremy planning out which restaurant we're going to eat at which night while we're on vacation. And I'm, like, laying on the floor being like, ah. Eh, they probably have food in Paris. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> like, this is fine. Like, I really don't in anything. And that's probably to my downfall a lot. Um, but Well, folks, this is how you end up eating at the Applebee's of London. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen because you planned everything. Yeah, uh, that's a big rip but, right there. But that's, uh, so I, I do feel like I'm very much leaning. I don't think I'm in the middle at all. It's definitely skewed um, because I don't take any of those uh, outline things. And again, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's what's holding me back. Maybe I need to outline clock or, you know. So you would say that you're definitely a, you're, you're more, more of a pantser for sure. So you would be like a, uh, commander pantser. I'm gonna command those pants. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
uh well by that logic i guess i'd be a uh commander architect that's so boring (sighs) jeez well i think that's about wraps it up folks once again you've listened to above the board and like in true fashion that we do we probably haven't answered anything and we've gotten right back to where we started from, but we sure had a hell of a ride getting there. Well, Haley, I want to personally thank you for showing up tonight. Uh, I know it's late for you, but we really appreciate you showing up on Above the Board. I hope you had a great time. Thanks for having me, guys. It was a great time. Thank you for giving us your precious, precious time <clears throat> and joining us on Bradley. this wonderful podcast. Awesome. Bradley, where can they find us at? Uh, you can find us at Above the Board Podcast, uh, Twitter, Instagram, same handle. You can email us at Above the Board Podcast at gmail.com. And then you can listen to us. Well, you're already listening to us. You know where to find us. <laughs> Duh. Um, you can find right, me folks. at prosbered.com uh, as well as my Twitter handle, same thing, prosbered, and Instagram. Jeremy, where can they find you? Uh, board game underscore germ. Uh, so yeah, Haley, do you want anybody seeing you? I don't even know where they would see me. I'm not a very exactly. good millennial. I don't. Yeah, I don't. She's a ghost. You're definitely not on Twitter. I don't know if you're on Instagram. I don't think I'm following you on Instagram at least. No, I, nope. I'm not on either of those platforms. No. Oh, well, they will well, just folks, have to wait. Until I'm elusive. We, they'll just have to wait until we drag you on during the next podcast then. All right, folks. Well, please give us a shout out if you like this podcast. Uh, hit us up on any one of the social media platforms. Rate our podcast. Uh, can't wait to talk to you again. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And with our talk on writing, and we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. I'm still recording. Okay, I'm done now.